Today's Life After the Crown podcast is brought to you by Pageantology. Did you know that Pageantology is the only place where you can coach for your next pageant with not one, but two Miss USAs? Pageantology coaches Susie Castillo and Shandy Finnessy not only privately coached the last two back-to-back Miss USAs, Sarah Rose Summers and Chesley Christ, but they also had Sarah and Chesley attend their online interview intensive workshops, which helped them to gain the additional knowledge and confidence that they needed to win their state pageants and their Miss USA titles. You too can coach with Pageantology privately or attend one of their upcoming online interview intensive workshops going on throughout the year. For more information, check out pageantology.com. Hey, everybody. It's your Miss USA 2019, Chesley Chris, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey, everybody. My name is Tim Tialdo, and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. It's hard to believe we already have a year of episodes under our belt, and if you haven't had a chance to hear any of those, I do encourage you to go back and listen to them. There are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, each episode of Life After the Crown, I interview former pageant contestants and title holders and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. Good luck to you both. And now, Miss USA 2019 is North Carolina. That is the call from Vanessa Lachey naming Chesley Christ Miss USA 2019. And as many of you know, she was a practicing attorney in North Carolina, but will be taking a year away from her career to focus on the job of being Miss USA. Chess, I know you're in the middle of your second consecutive media week. What a whirlwind it has been. Thanks for spending time with me this morning and welcome. I never thought I'd be saying this. Welcome to the podcast with me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on. <laughs> I know. I know. We thought we'd have to wait a little longer for you to be on, but here you are. Yep. Here I am. So our little video we shot in the kitchen uh, of the suite the night that you won has like 11,000 views. People just are commenting are left. Yeah. And, and they're, <laughs> they just love your energy and your excitement. And, you know, the thing that I, I think was most enjoyable for me to watch after I, you know, we recorded it and I watched it back was, number one, how excited your mom was um, sitting in the suite oh, there. Yeah. And number two, how eager you were to sit down on that couch and watch yourself and critique your own performance right after. You're like, I want to see how I did. What was it like right, to sit on the couch and it. watch? I'm like so overly critical of myself. It's like hard to watch without like adding extra comments or notes or feedback for myself. Very difficult, but it was fun to watch. So what did you really think? Um, I can't say that like I felt like I was perfect on the stage, but I felt like I had fun. It's like, I mean, every time I watch it, I think, oh my gosh, I wish I would have like tied my sarong differently so I actually could have taken it off like a normal person when I was walking in swimsuit. Um, my evening down, I mean, I loved my walk, but I felt like I could have given a, more, a little bit more sass when I was walking. Um, my questions, I felt like they sounded good, but like there are three or four different ways I would have like rewritten them or retyped them or something if I had a chance to like sit down and think about the questions. So it's like there's every single moment of that competition I wanted to redo. But I was glad that, you know, things ended the way that they did. And I think that, you know, I, I was I was proud of my performance, even even if I didn't feel like I was totally on. 
So right before the competition started, you know, you're getting ready to go on Fox. What was honestly in your mind the most nerve-wracking thing that you were thinking about as the competition was going to go on? When we were about to start, I actually thought I did horribly in my interview. And so really I was just nervous about going on live TV and not making the top 15. I was really worried about it, especially because I felt like I had so many people at home who were watching my, you know, people from my job, people from my leadership Charlotte class my mom and my stepdad and my boyfriend and friends of mine had flown in to come see me and support me. And I was just so stressed about it, especially knowing that I prepared so much for that interview. I mean, it it was just very stressful. That was probably the most stressful part was just waiting for the top 15. Well, anybody that watched you is probably thinking, how could you possibly screw up anything in interview? But from your standpoint, what did you feel (laughs) like you did wrong that that made you feel that nervous about it? I just felt like I was boring, honestly. I felt like I didn't bring enough of myself. I think, you know, as an attorney, it's really, really hard for me to like let go of being an attorney and to just be me, just be like goofy, normal Chesley, um, especially when I'm in an an interview. You know, you see attorney Chesley who is, you know, advocating for a client. You don't see the real me. And so I felt like when I was in those interviews, I feel like I reverted back to that, just like boring attorney Chesley. And there was a question that one of the panels asked me that I felt like I just answered poorly and it could have been taken the wrong way. And so I I was just so stressed about it and just so worried. So I just stood there and I was like, you know, I really hope that they give me a second chance and I hope that I get the opportunity to make, you know, top 15 and then hopefully top five so that I can answer these questions, which is funny. I hate, I'm, I kind of like get really (laughs) nervous about on stage question, but this, this time I was like, please just give me a second to talk. I just want to talk. Well, I, look, I know you worked with Shandy and Susie on interview. You and I obviously talked a bit about that. And I know you, you had even expressed to me before Miss USA, you know, I, I don't want to go back into that attorney phase. But, you know, I think at the end right. of the day, look, that's what you are. I don't think, you know, you need to change who you <laughs> are just because you don't think maybe it holds enough energy. Uh, but what did you feel like right. you were kind of monotone? Well, yeah. And, and I don't disagree with that. I don't feel like I was like changing who I am, but I just feel like, you know, there are different versions of me and they're, you know, the, the person that you will see in front of a judge is not the same person that you'll see at a cookout. Right. So, so I was like, <laughs> I need to bring cookout Chesley to, to the judging room because that really is like, you know, that's relaxed me. And like Miss USA needs to be more than, you know, this is me being scary and fierce in a courtroom. There are days where I will get to like hang out with a bunch of kids at a charity event. And there are other times where I'll get to talk to kids at school. And so I wanted to bring like just a different side of me into the interview room. So I didn't feel like I was monotone. I just felt like I didn't bring the same energy that I normally would just on an average day. Well, I'm definitely making a meme called Cookout Chesley um, with you super excited, (laughs) maybe from your D.C. trip or something. That'll go viral, no doubt. So uh, just a couple of days ago here, you you crowned your new North Carolina USA successor, Laura Little, in Charlotte. You also made an appearance there with Cam Newton. Um, It's been a couple of weeks. Um, I I imagine it's all starting to now set in. What's it feel like to be Miss USA? It still feels crazy. You know, I was taking a picture with a group of people the other day. And I was standing on the side and someone was like, put Miss USA in the middle. And I was like, are they talking about me? It was, it was so weird. <laughs> and so even now, it still is very strange. Like even to wake up in my apartment, like I wake up in my apartment feeling like regular Chesley. And I'll put on my sash and look down and it'll say Miss USA. And it's still very surreal. So even though I've been to events and taken pictures and done a ton of interviews, it still is very surreal. Now, that media week, the, the initial one right after you're crowned, you, you basically get to New York and you are thrown into the, the fire. Was there one particular interview or show or media personality that you were really looking forward to getting to meet that you were like, I can't believe I actually get to do this? Oh, my God. Everybody. When they were telling me that I was going to be in Good Morning America. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. This is crazy. And then when Good Morning America started like posting on their Instagram and on their Twitter accounts that I was going to be on, that was nerve wracking. 
Um, so that and being on CBS with Gail King was really exciting, especially since I got to be on with Kaylee and with Nia. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was one interview I did with the Grio. Uh, we were sitting down for like a 15, 20 minute interview. And like maybe three quarters of the way through, they stopped the interview and said, okay, we heard that you really like these. And they pull out a box of insomnia cookies. Oh my God. No, <laughs> it was no, an amazing no. Moment. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it so much. I was like, you guys, you guys know too much about me. So Weren't those like, at those the Cam Newton like event too? Yes. Yes, they did. Well, not only that. So, you know, they flew me in, they flew me back home for the Cam Newton event, uh, the event organizers. And they, you know, set up a hotel room for me and everything. And so I walked into the hotel room and in my hotel room, they left a box of insomnia cookies. Yes. And then at the actual Kicking It With Camp event, they also had insomnia cookies. They were everywhere. I think they're sta- I think the company is stalking you. And I'm sure when you're done being Miss USA, you've <laughs> probably got a sponsorship lined up there if you want it. Oh, man, I would love that. Well, you were speaking about the appearance with Kaylee and Nia. And uh, I know that you and Nia were good friends. Um, you had told me that before. Uh, but I don't think that most people know that when she was crowned Miss America, she kind of basically called on you to help negotiate her contract with the Miss, Un- Miss America organization. Um, yeah. and, you know, the funny thing is it's been a really long time that, that I can remember at least since Miss USA and Miss America have even been seen in the same place. I think, do you feel like <laughs> you and Nia can kind of help bring the pageant world together a little bit being at the forefront of both organizations? Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's something that we were glad to do, to do that interview together. Cause I, you know, I think Nia and Sarah saw each other at, um, the Super Bowl and maybe a couple of other events, but I was glad that, you know, we finally got to sit in a room together and do an appearance like. CBS um, together. That was really cool. Uh, And I was glad. I think, you know, I think because our friendship is so close, um, it allows us to um, just sort of understand each other on a different level. So like even tonight, like me and like me is in New York for the day. And so she and I are going to go to dinner tonight and we're going to talk about, you know, pageants and our wins and everything. So yeah, I, I do think that our friendship kind of helps. All right. Exciting. Well, hey, I know many people have had a chance to watch all these media interviews that you've been doing, hear more background about you. But since you and I kind of have a a pretty good familiarity with each other, I want to talk about some of the things that Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't hear on on the major media interviews that I know are important to you. Um, Number one is clothing design. Um, I don't think a lot of people know that you actually do Mm -hmm. that. Talk about it and, and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, it's so cool. So, you know, when I was younger, my family and I, we came from very humble beginnings. And so when we did like back to school shopping, we did not go to the mall. We didn't go to Target. We went to Goodwill and we got, you know, secondhand clothes or I'd use like my sister's clothes. I have an older sister. So, you know, that was sort of our shopping adventure. And I always wanted to make my clothes look nicer or look different. And so my grandma, when I was in undergrad, she gave me a Singer sewing machine. It was like one of those really, really old ones that comes in a table and you like flip it up out of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used that <laughs> and would just alter my clothes. <laughs> it was even looking back now at that like sewing machine is really funny. So I would use that and I would alter my clothes and then it turned into like, why can't I make my own? Like I wanted to make my own clothes to like wear to school, to wear to um, nighttime events and stuff like that. So when I was in undergrad at the University of South Carolina, I was in the honors college there. And in order to graduate with honors from the honors college, you have to do a senior thesis, either a really long paper or a project. And so they gave me a grant, a $1,500 grant to do a project and my project was making a line of evening gowns and so that was my first big foray into clothing design it was just really exciting for me especially since it started off with me just wanting to be different and unique um, with the clothing that I had and the clothing that I had that was available were, were clothes from Goodwill. 
So knowing that, I think people are going to ask, did you make your Miss USA evening gown? I didn't make my Miss USA evening gown, but actually the first time that I competed at Miss North Carolina USA, I did make my evening gown um, for the big competition. And I also made my, yeah, yeah, the white one. Yeah, yeah. And looking back, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many like, like fitting problems and issues and (laughs) issues with like some of the stones I put on. But, you know, I I really liked wearing, I liked making it and I liked that, you know, it was, it was my own thing. Um, so I did that. I made my opening number costume that year. Um, so, you know, you know, for me, it was just, it was really fun, you know, to just like sit there and listening to the sewing machine at night while I like, you know, sew clothes that I want. Well, related to that is your blog website called whitecollarglam.com. People, you should check that out if you get a chance. Um, tell everybody why you started it and kind of what it's about. And, you know, I know you've been working on it a lot up until Miss USA. I'm sure you've probably not had a chance <laughs> to blog in a bit, but talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So when I was an undergrad, I uh, was on the trial team at Wake Forest. And we uh, won our regional championship. We were going to nationals and nationals was like four days long. So I brought three suits. And while we were at nationals, Tim, I ruined every single one of my suits. Like one of them ripped (laughs) because it was too small. One of them was too big. And so it was like falling off of me. One of them, there were like, there was no air conditioning in the courtroom. So like I sweat all the way through this black suit and I couldn't get the sweat stains out. It was just, it was so bad. And it was frustrating for me that, you know, at a time where I just want to focus. I just want to be there for my teammates. I just want to compete. I mean, there were some huge schools there. Harvard was there. We went against them head to head. And here I'm like, I can't focus because like my clothes don't fit, you know? So after I graduated, I just wanted to create a, a resource for women. So we would know where to buy clothes, how to make sure they fit, what to look out for, how to make sure that, you know, seams don't pop. So, so I made my blog to answer that question because I was frustrated not having that resource. And that leads to your involvement with Dress for Success. I remember our top five question in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That was your answer. And again, you did it pretty much yeah. the same thing at Miss USA. So it's obviously very important <laughs> to you. Um, talk about your involvement yeah. and what you plan to do with it this year. Yeah, yeah. So when I graduated from law school, I really was searching for an organization I could give back to that really meant something to me. I felt like, you know, previ- when I was in law school, I just threw myself into everything that sounded interesting, but I wanted something that I was passionate about. So I literally typed into Google, organization for professional clothing for women, and Dress for Success came up. And so from then on, you know, I, I looked into volunteering for the Charlotte chapter because they, they provided clothing for women um, for their interviews when, when women couldn't afford the clothing for an interview. And it just took me back to that moment of desperation in law school, knowing like, how do I afford a suit? I'm a broke law school student. I don't have a job. And I couldn't imagine, you know, being a woman and having children or having people who depend on you and trying to be a provider and not being able to afford just clothes to get a job. So, you know, I volunteered for Dress for Success. It really is very, very important to me. And I'm glad to be able to continue advocating for it now that I'm Miss USA. Well, let's talk about law school. Um, you know, all this relates to pretty much your your time in law school. Um, Obviously, you're smart, articulate, intelligent. And I think a lot of people, you know, probably want to know about your journey. You went to Wake Forest Law School. But is that something you always wanted to be growing up? I mean, I know you were a track athlete at South Carolina. So what where did that kind of fall in for you? Yeah. So when I was younger, I just felt like I was always speaking for people and representing other people. Like, you know, I have five siblings. I was always the one that was talking to mom about whether or not we were going to get punished for something that we did. I was always one that was sort of the mouthpiece for us. And the same went for when I got older and got to undergrad. Like if my friends had an issue and they needed someone to sort of mediate, I was the person to like talk through things. So I just felt like, you know, I've been representing people and speaking for people and people trust me to do that. And so going to law school and becoming an attorney was just sort of a natural progression from what I was already doing. 
So I have three questions about the pageant um, that I know a lot of people want to ask you because you kind of broke some stereotypes that I think a lot of people have in their heads when they go in to compete. Number one is Mm -hmm. you're in shape. You have muscle. And I think a lot of girls who compete in sports, Mm -hmm. when they compete in a pageant, they think I'm too muscular. They're not going to like me. This isn't the look that they go Mm -hmm. for. And, um, you know, you embraced that and you are muscular. I mean, you know, your legs are powerful. You've got jacked arms. You're ready to go. I mean, the shoulders are ripped. It's like, here comes Jess. Um, What was your feeling competing? Because I remember the first time you stepped on stage in North Carolina, we were like, who is the girl with the abs that go all the way down to her feet? I mean, it was like a 15 pack. We were like, what is going on there? But how do do you embrace that, you know, competing uh, in the pageant system? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there were times that I felt the exact same way where I was like unsure. I didn't know if, you know, I'd be too muscular to be on stage. Because I think when people think of pageant contestants, they think of women who are really model-esque and have sort of a slim build. And I'm just not that. So it took a moment for me and just acceptance. Like I'm, my body is never going to be that way. Like there is literally no way that I'm going to be able to ever be, a, have a, a sort of slim build. I am athletic. You know, I, I, I'm just as athletic um, as I was, you know, walking across that stage, even without weight training. Like I don't go and lift weights at the gym. I literally just do cardio and my body is just like this. So it took a moment of me just realizing like it's impossible for me and I love my body the way that it is. And so I hope that other women just understand that, that, you know, if you have an athletic build or you have a curvy build, like that's still beautiful. And, you know, beauty and being fit and athletic, like their beauty comes in so many different shapes and sizes. And it's okay to not look, um, you know, the same way that everybody else does. Number two is your hair. Um, you know, I love your <laughs> hair, by the way, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you and new, you. you and New Hampshire, uh, embraced that this year. Of course, Kara McCullough did the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think a lot of people kept saying there's no way they're going to crown another girl with, you know, that big hair and yeah. you wore it and we talked about it. Gosh, when you won North Carolina, I'm like, you have to go wear this hair on the Miss USA stage because it's so beautiful. And was it hard for you to really sit down before the competition and say, am I going to do this or not? Because the whole week of Miss USA, you didn't. And then you busted it out for the competition. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, there was something that I, um, that I did think about a lot. Uh, I think, you know, your support helped. And I think a lot of people just sort of assuming like your hair is beautiful. You were going to wear it this way at Miss USA. Right. I think, you know, that sort of reaction and response that I got from people was incredibly encouraging, but I think you touched on something that was a huge concern of mine. And that just two years ago, Kyra McCullough won with natural hair and she's another light skinned um, woman of color. And so I really worried. I was like, I wonder if like anybody is going to worry about crowning someone who looks so similar to a previous title holder from just two years ago. But, you know, I thought about it and what's funny is I actually like called Kyra and talked to her about it. And I was like, how do you feel about this? Like, I'm really nervous. Like, what do I do? I mean, I, I feel like I look very similar to you and you know, and just in that, you know, we both have naturally curly hair. We're both light-skinned women of color. And she told me something that was really interesting. She said that she was a little concerned as well because she was from District of Columbia. She is a woman of color. And just the year before she won, they crowned a woman of color from the District of Columbia. And she was like, you know, if, if, you're, if you're the right title holder for this year, then you're going to win. And she just encouraged me and encouraged me to just be confident. And so I stopped worrying about it and just thought, you know, this is me. This is the look that I want. And if, if there's a title holder from a couple of years ago who won like this, then that's fine. Um, so, so, yeah, so it eventually worked out. Um, but you're right. I did wear my hair straight, like, almost the whole time I was at Miss USA. But that was more about, like, a maintenance thing. 
my hair is a lot easier to maintain over a long period of time when it's straight. And so I just knew that we were going to have really busy days. And I was like, I'm not going to be worrying about recurling my hair every day. Well, I remember in the first year you competed in North Carolina, it was flat. I didn't know you had that hair. And then you came back the next year and I'm like, what is this? This is beautiful. You need to wear this. What are you doing? So I'm just so glad that you embraced it and went with it. And by the way, I was talking to the production company. We actually all happened to be on the plane when we were leaving Reno Tahoe. And they're like, you know, the biggest, hardest part of the crowning moment was we couldn't get Chesley's face because her hair was everywhere. They're like, we couldn't get the camera angle around it, so we just had to go with it. (laughs) Yes, which is so funny. And I didn't think about that until I, like, watched the tape delay, like, afterwards. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have just, you know, turned my face towards the audience (laughs) at some point in time. Because, yeah, you're right. I I think I was even, like, facing the back of the stage at one point in time, like, Please don't look at my face right now. Just look at my hair. Well, thankfully, they have the camera that rotates around the the two of you at the final call there. So we got to see you guys talking to each other, which was good. All right. The third one that I want to ask, and I I personally think this is Mm -hmm. the most important one because I think it it really, Mm -hmm. you know, shows your strength. uh, But what also you went through. Some people don't know that you competed in Miss America twice, uh, 2014 and 15 Mm -hmm. in that system. And then you went over to Miss USA. You started competing in North Carolina 2016 all the way through, obviously, today. Mm -hmm. First year in North Carolina, you got, uh, I think you were fourth runner-up. Next year, Mm -hmm. you didn't make the top five. And I remember, you know, right after the pageant, pulled you over to the side of the stage there. I know that was a moment of truth for you, and I know it was difficult because I think you felt like you were really in line to, to maybe take the title there. What went through your mind and how did you really think about, am I going to do this anymore? Am I going to come back or is this just not for me anymore? Um, Well, I think the thing that made me come back, you know, aside from talking to you and talking to a few other people about it was like, I I couldn't imagine 10 years from now, not having competed and always wondering what if. And so I knew, you know, regardless of whether I won or lost, I was going to compete because I didn't want that feeling of regret. And I didn't want that feeling of, of just wondering what could have happened. So, you know, I decided to compete again, but I think, you know, when I didn't make top five, I only made top 10. I think for me, it just sort of put things in perspective and that, you know, you said I competed, you know, in the Miss America system. And what's interesting is like when I competed for the two years in the Miss America system, I won a preliminary swimsuit award both times. And then, you know, I was top 10 my first year, first runner up my second year. I got to North Carolina, USA. I won overall swimsuit award my first time. And then you know, was fourth runner up. And for me, it's just like, I expect to like, I expect to do well. And then I didn't. And so for me, it just made me appreciate um, the experience that I'd been through. And it just made me think, you know, if I compete again, and um, I don't get very far, yeah, I'm just going to appreciate whatever I get. Because I think for a while, I started to take for granted um, how well I'd done. Um, and, and, and what it felt like to leave a competition with something in your hands. Right. Because the year that I was top 10 and left, like I didn't I didn't have like a swimsuit award to walk away with. I didn't have a top five award to walk away with. I literally walked away empty handed and I'd never had that feeling before, literally ever. And so for me, it was just like I know what it feels like to walk into a competition and leave with nothing in your hands and really have to enjoy the experience and and pull something out of this besides an award. And so it made me appreciate so much more when I actually won because I knew what I know what it feels like to walk away and not have anything in your hands when you leave. Well, look, I know you have a lot of good people around you, but I know there is no more inspiration and you know strength behind you than your mother. And um, you know, I've obviously had a chance to meet her quite a few times when she's come to the North Carolina pageant. When we do that little introduction meeting, I always see her sitting next to you, and I'm like, "That's a strong woman. You can just tell 
oh, just yeah. in her energy <laughs> that she she's a strong woman. Um, what what did she tell you at those times? You know, when you were made, made me thinking about like, what do I do at this point? I mean, what was her encouragement to you? Well, you know, what's funny is like my mom. She is incredibly encouraging, and she knows when to just be that soft voice of encouragement, and she also knows when to give me just a little bit of tough love. So I remember the first year I competed in Miss North Carolina in the Miss America system. I walked off the stage and I was top 10 and I literally had tears welling up in my eyes when I walked over to her after the pageant was over. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, mom, I wanted to win. I was only top 10. What do you mean? What's wrong? And she's like, you know what, Chesley, maybe <laughs> she's like, you know what, Chesley, maybe God is trying to teach you a lesson in grace. And I think that was important because it reminded me that like, regardless of what happens in that competition, you always need to be um, a graceful competitor. You always need to encourage the people around you and nobody likes a sore loser. So I, I think that reminder was great because it was something that I needed at that time. I needed somebody to tell me like, why are you sitting here crying? There's a new Miss North Carolina and no, it's not you. But you know, now is not the time for you to be like crying um, after you walked off of a comp- away from a competition. And so, you know, I think she, she just knows like what to say to me at the right times. And for me, like that was a good reminder. Well, that's a that's a cool story. And, you know, the funny thing is I've had the honor of crowning the two of you. But basically, you two are the biggest names in the pageant world right now. We're, of course, talking about Alabama's Hannah Brown. Oh, the yeah. year before. Yeah. The year before she won, she didn't make top 15. Like she didn't even make semis. Mm-hmm. She was out. And yep. I think she really questioned whether she wanted to come back. And it turned out that um, just to, like I think two weeks before the pageant, her mom said, you know what? I actually enrolled you in the pageant, so you're going. And she was like, what? I don't want to go. And <laughs> ended up going, and that, look where she is now. So you two are kind of, you know, <laughs> you're a big deal right now. <laughs> no, but I, no, but I get it. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and it's, for me, it's really exciting to hear that, like, her mom played such a big role in her competing and in her, like, winning. She wouldn't have been there had her mom not actually enrolled. That's a really cool story. Yeah, well, hopefully you two be able, are able to get together this year and uh, kind of just talk about all the stuff that you guys are doing. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. All right, so let's talk about something called Senior Academy. I know you love being a good role model, role model and mentor to girls around you, and the Senior Academy is something for high school seniors. Can you tell everybody about it? Yeah, so it's a program run by the Winston-Salem Chamber of Commerce, and it's something that I participated in for three years while I was in Winston-Salem at Wake Forest. And what it is is students who are in high school in their junior year are identified as being at risk, at risk of not graduating from high school. And so they have the opportunity to enroll in Senior Academy, which is a mentoring program. You're assigned a mentor and you meet with your mentor once a week, every week for an hour. And the focus of the program is just helping you to graduate from high school. And Senior Academy, I believe when I left and moved to Charlotte, had like a 95 or 96 percent graduation rate, which is incredible. Um, I think it just shows the power of mentorship and how somebody can change your future just by spending time with you. And so that was really impactful to me. It meant a lot to me. Um, And, you know, participating in that program was part of the reason why I got involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Carolina. I sit on their board of directors. And what, what I love about their program is they're focused on much of the same and that like, if you just have a mentor and someone to encourage you, someone to remind you that people out here care that you're going to reach success. Now, did you tell me yesterday that you were in the process of trying to become a big sis before USA happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my the Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Carolinas, I'd, I'd been in talks with them. I'd done, um, I was an MC for them at their huge fundraiser called the Big Breakfast. And so we were talking about me joining their board of directors. And, you know, one of those requirements was being a big. And so, yeah, we were in the, it's a really long process. You have to like take a survey, you have to do like a background check and an interview and a bunch of stuff. 
And so we were sort of in the process of doing that when I won Miss North Carolina USA. Um, so I wasn't able to do that because for me, like if I'm going to be a big sister, I want to be all in, you know, and, and I want to be able to fulfill all the requirements and I want to be able to make an impact on somebody's life. And I don't want to halfway do it. And so being Miss North Carolina USA just didn't give me the opportunity then. You know, there were so many other appearances and events that I had to do for that year. Well, you're uh, two weeks into a, a brand new uh, job and career. Um, I think a lot of people know that you are an attorney in North Carolina. You work for a law firm called Pointer Spruill. Um, I guess I want to hear about the conversation that you had with them when you said, I'm going to go to Miss USA, and if I win, <laughs> uh, you're not going to have me for a year. How did that all go down with your boss? <laughs> well, it went down really well, actually, because I, I competed for so many years in Miss America and in Miss US, in the Miss USA organization. So um, they knew that. And when I was an intern with the firm, I interned there for three years. I would actually take a week off of my internship and then come back afterwards so that I can compete in Miss North Carolina, which is a week long during the summer. So they knew that and they were already like familiar with me and my, my competition and my idea of competing in pageants. And so when I won Miss North Carolina, they threw me a little surprise party with like this crown shaped cake. It was so <laughs> cute. And so they, they've always been really supportive. And, you know, there was one day where I was, I was talking to my boss about how many hours I was working and how many hours I was devoting to being Miss North Carolina USA. And we were really on the same page and we talked about what would happen if I won and he's like, yeah, so does that mean you would take a year off? And I was like, yes, I would take a year off. But, you know, I, <laughs> it's just so funny saying this now. I told him, I was like, I didn't think it was really important to talk about specifics because the um, odds of winning are just so slim. You know, yeah, I mean, one it is a big if. One. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, you can be an incredible competitor. You can be, you know, you can have, have accomplished so much. And there may just be somebody else who the judges um, wanted that year. You know, and that doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't mean that you're not accomplished. It just means that there was somebody else who wins that year. And I'd been in that position where I was like, I'm an attorney. I'm doing all these things in my community. I still didn't win. So I knew that feeling. So I told him, I was like, we don't need to talk about specifics. Like there's, I mean, if I win, like, you know, we'll talk about it then, but the odds are so slim. And, and then I won. <laughs> and so we had to actually talk about it. It was, it was actually really funny because he and I were sort of reminiscing about that conversation and like, wow, maybe we should have like... <laughs> gone through things a little bit more specifically, but they've been great. They've really picked up where I've left off and been incredibly accommodating. Well, and I'm sure they look at you as a nice little uh, perk for the public relations department of the firm. (laughs) Yeah, true. So so let's talk about belief because you just mentioned it, you know, if I go, the chances of winning are very slim. And I think, look, every year, 51 girls say, I'm going to Miss USA. I want to win. You see the posts. I'm Mm -hmm. interviewing for my dream job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Going in, Give me your honest mental thought of what you really thought was going to happen. So I just, I didn't know, honestly. Um, One of the things I learned competing in Miss North Carolina USA is that God has a plan for me and his plan is always better than my plan. So the first year that I competed, you know, I didn't win, but instead I, you know, I, I was still in law school then. So I served as the national parliamentarian for the National Black Law Students Association. And I spent every single weekend of that year at law school traveling. And I learned so much. I mean, I went to Atlanta, I went to Chicago, I went to Baltimore, I went to DC, I went to so many cities in North and South Carolina. And it was a great learning experience for me, but I wouldn't have had that if I won. And so obviously God had a better plan for me that year. And so I came back the next year and I didn't win. And instead, you know, I had time to join the trial team at Wake Forest. And we won a national championship that year. And it was actually Wake's first ever trial team national championship. And I wouldn't have been on that trial team if I was Miss North Carolina USA. 
And so the, both of those years taught me that like, if you don't win, there is something else out there for you. And God wants you to do that instead of doing whatever you thought you were supposed to do. And so I knew, you know, going to Miss USA, like if God doesn't want me to win Miss USA, there is nothing, I can't do anything to change his plan, but I had to rest and rely on the fact that he's got something else planned for me. And if it's not being Miss USA and it's better than Miss USA, I cannot imagine how great and exciting that will be. So I went there just knowing like God has a plan for me and I can't change it. But if I'm Miss USA, yes. And if I'm not, then there's something else out there for me. Well, let's talk about that because that's a big part of your life, your faith. And, you know, I've heard you talk about it many times. We've talked about it on stage. I've seen you talk about it in the media. Um, It is a big part of your life. I believe you and uh, Laura Little and I think Eliza Minor, your your teen, all go to Elevation Church there in Charlotte. Uh, Yeah, talk about the role of faith in your life and just how it's helped you to kind of get to where you are right now. Yeah, I think for a while I just didn't understand. Um, and, and, you know, even now, there, my faith doesn't always keep me happy. There are some days where I actually am very sad <laughs> and I wonder, you know, what's going on. But I think every Christian has those challenges. It's just that instead of God removing challenges and roadblocks from you, he just is there with you, comforting you the entire time. And so I think it took a while for me to learn that and rest in that and gain a comfort with whatever God has planned for me. So, you know, when there are challenges in front of me, I'm like, you know, God must be building my character. This, what's funny is like this past weekend, I was home and me and Eliza and my family, we all went to Elevation and Holly Furtick was preaching a message about my favorite verse, which is Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it's, um, it talks about how uh, you should rejoice in your suffering because suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character hope. And so every time I have, you know, a challenge that's in front of me, I just think, God's trying to teach me something. He's trying to build perseverance and character in me. And this is an important lesson for me to learn because he wouldn't have placed it in my way if this isn't something that he needs for me to have. And so, you know, I think it it just took a while for me to learn and grow in that. Um, But, you know, every day I'm learning and every day I'm growing. Well, look, and I think your your faith in in, uh, addition to all that you have gone through, I always felt like that was your competitive advantage going in. You are seasoned. You know, you've been through the competition level mm-hmm. of Division One track. You've been through law school. You've been through those trial championships. And I had seen you answer questions on stage. And I just remember thinking, if Chesley gets into the top five, the freight train's coming. Everybody better just get out of the way <laughs> and let Chesley answer because it's going to be beautiful. And certainly that's exactly what you did. I remember the day before Miss USA, um, I had went home from Teen USA and then came back to watch you guys. And I was sitting at lunch mm-hmm. with a bunch of different state directors and they said, predictions? And I said, North Carolina. And they were like, why? I'm like, just <laughs> just watch. I'm like, if she gets into the five, everybody just stand back and watch. And it's what mm-hmm. happened. I remember they all ran up to me after it and they were like, you, you said it. And I'm like, I told you, she was a freaking freight train. Look out. She killed it. Oh, you're awesome. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> so I am. I'm super proud of you. It was just so much fun to watch. And of course, it's been my first national winner to be a part of. So uh, that was so Aww. exciting. So now that that is uh, done, guess what's next? Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Are you ready for this whole thing or what? Yes, I am so excited. And just, you know, I've, I've started, well, I've been for a while looking at like a ton of different dresses and thinking like, what do I want my wardrobe to be? What do I want my national costume to be? How do I want to present myself? Like, how am I going to answer like bio questions? And all of that is so exciting. And it's something that I've been waiting to do for so long. So I'm thrilled to be able to finally get to do it. Do you have any ideas of dress, swimsuit? Uh, and it, I'm sure you got ideas about the costume being that you're a clothing designer. You got to have some initial ideas in your head already. Yeah, yeah. I already have some ideas, but, you know, just running through them and talking about like what's realistic and for me, it's like, you know, I'm going to be wearing the, the USA sash across my chest. And that's like incredibly important to me. 
Um, and this is the true sense of pride being able to do that. So whatever my costume is, I want it to speak to the American people and the U.S. because that's where I get to represent. And I'm so excited to, to be able to represent them. So, well, look, so, yeah, just thinking about like what I'm going to wear and everything is really important to me. I know the other 93 countries are uh, they're watching for you. They're like, oh, oh USA looks pretty <laughs> strong this year. So I, I, who was the last one? Olivia, <laughs> Olivia Colpo, I think, was our last Miss Universe. Yeah, it was our last Miss Universe. Yeah, yeah. So, it was only six years ago and it's not very long. Bring it home. Bring it home. What do you say? We'll be there with you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, too. Now, you now live with Miss Universe, Catriona. I had a chance to interview her on stage that Sunday before the competition. Uh, what's it like living with her so far and just kind of getting to know a brand new roommate that you had no idea you were going to be living with? Oh, she's awesome. She's so sweet. And I, I think one of the cool things that I really appreciate about her is that, like, I'm just a natural introvert. You know, when I'm out with people, it's really exciting to meet people and get to know people. But, like, when I go home, like, I just want to sit, you know? I don't want to have to, like, you know, be my normal peppy self. I just want to sit there and, like, scroll on my phone and have the TV talk to me. And so I think she understands that and knows that. I think we're kind of similar in a way in that, like, both of us need some alone time and some quiet time after being out. And so I, I really appreciate that about her. Well, I talked to Sarah Rose Summers yesterday. She said that, you know, while you are going through the blitz of the media weeks right now, there will be a good amount of downtime. Um, but one of the other things that she had mentioned to me that I, I don't know if you've experienced it yet. I imagine you will. And, and I've talked to the other Miss USAs who all say the same thing is that they basically use the equation of this. It's triple the love, double the hate when you get the crown. Have you experienced <laughs> uh, the good and the bad already? Yeah, for sure. You know, there's been so many like kind messages. Tim, I tell you, it's like it's been two weeks since I won and I'm still going through both my work and my personal emails. I have like seven different email accounts. Oh, like I, can I have only a blog imagine. email account. Of, yeah. And there's so many emails to respond to. I haven't even started looking at Facebook. There's so many, so, so many messages of support and I appreciate all of them. And you're right. I think, you know, with that support comes people who, you know, had other contestants that they were supporting and maybe angry that their contestant didn't win. But I understand that. And, you know, I always appreciate constructive criticism. Um, and so, like, there are people who are, like, comment on my page or on my Instagram or social media and say, you know, maybe you could have done this differently or I suggest doing that. And so, you know, I always appreciate that kind of sort of constructive criticism, people who really just care and just, you know, have an opinion. Um, what I don't appreciate is, you know, people who just want to spread negativity. But what I've learned over time is two things. One, my um, block and delete reflex is very, very strong. <laughs> and two, what's important is that hurt people hurt people. And many of the sadness and negativity and hatred comes from people who really are just very sad. And so rather than being angry with them and throwing hatred back at them, I just try to, you know, pray for them and hope that, you know, whatever they're going through changes very soon. Because if you think about it, if you have so much time on your hands that you want to create, sometimes they're just fake accounts, and all you want to do with that fake account is spread hatred, then there's something going on in your personal life that must be very sad. So, so really, you know, I, I, I don't let those negative comments affect me. Really, I just hope to pray for those people and hope that, you know, they, they get out of whatever they're struggling with. Well, I've had a chance to watch a bunch of your interviews that you've been doing. Um, one in particular that your mom had posted that I watched was your interview with TMZ and Harvey Levin. Um, they, oh, yeah. had, they had pressed you on, you know, the, the allure of Hollywood and, you know, maybe taking that mm -hmm. route when, once you become Miss USA and not going back to practicing law. If I'm guessing, you, you, you can tell me, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think you are totally bought into the law and that's, that's where you're going to be afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, I've, I've spent so many years of my life, you know, just studying to become an attorney. Four years at Wake because I did the JD MBA program. 
um, and then, you know, studied for two different bar exams. That was not fun taking and passing the North Carolina bar and then taking and passing the South Carolina bar, you know, having to take time off of work to do that. You know, the learning curve that every new attorney has at my firm, you know, the lessons that I've learned, all of that um, I put into learning to be an attorney and getting to be a good attorney. And I, I certainly don't plan on throwing that away because I've spent so much of my time in my life um, to become an attorney. It's something that I'm proud of, like Chesty Chris Esquire. That's something I earned. <laughs> that's, you, you definitely. I mean, two bar exams. I mean, uh, not in a million years would you get me to do that. But congratulations on not only right. taking both, but passing both, because I know a lot of people don't ever pass it. Yeah, yeah, because they can be very, very difficult. And I think, you know, kind of like pageants, passing the bar, a lot of it is just mental. There's so many people who know and understand, um, you know, what they're studying for, but you get on that bar exam and it is all mental with all those people <laughs> around you and knowing that. Knowing that this is your your future is kind of riding on this this test, it's all mental. All right. So anytime I have a national title holder on, by the way, you're the first current national title holder I've ever had on. Um, oh, I cool. post a I post a story to my Instagram stories that just says, "Hey, any questions for in this case Chesley Christ?" I have two listener questions that I found this morning that I really liked that I wanted to ask you if you don't oh, mind. Yeah. Great, uh, the yeah. first one comes from Christina Kessler, um, who actually participates mm-hmm. in the fantasy camps that you know with RPM. Uh, she says, yep. who are your inspirations that inspire you to keep moving forward to achieve your goals? Mm-hmm. I have so, so many. Like, I, I can't even tell you how many. Um, one of them, an important one, is Sarah Blakely. She is the founder of Spanx. She's a billionaire. And what I love about her is that when she was younger, her father would sit her and her brother down at the dinner table every night, and he would ask them what they failed at. And they would tell him, and they would celebrate together. And by doing that every night with his kids, what their father taught them is that failure is just an opportunity to learn something. You know, it's not actually true failure. It's just a challenge that's in front of you that you need to overcome. And so Sarah wasn't afraid of failure. And so she tried and tried again. And she encountered a lot of challenges when she was starting Spanx. But she overcame that because for her, failure is just another, it's just another hurdle that she needs to get over. So I love that about her. Sarah Blakely is a huge inspiration. Anna Wintour is another one. She is the creative director for Condé Nast, and she's also been the uh, editor-in-chief of Vogue for, God, I think, like 20 years, maybe well over 20 years. But when she was a young um, junior editor, I want to say it was, she was actually fired from her job after only like nine months. And her boss was like, you're never going to understand the American market. And so she took that challenge, and she was like, look, this is just, failure is just a part of life, and you just have to learn to get over it. So definitely Anna Wintour is somebody who just sort of inspires me to keep going. Um, my mom is another great inspiration um, for me because, you know, she's encountered so many, so many challenges in her life and just has always gracefully overcome them and learned from them. Um, and beyond her, I would say that Kamala Harris is somebody that I'm obsessed with. And Tim, you know this story, but um, a few weeks ago before the Miss USA competition, me and the other RPM title holders, we visited D.C. and we just happened to get a chance to meet. Kamala Harris. And she took, you know, like three to five minutes out of her day just to talk to me and Victoria Paul, Miss Louisiana, USA. So, you know, all those people are inspirational. I could go on for days talking about the people who, are, who inspire <laughs> me, but those, are, but those are some big ones. <laughs> we'll take the trio. That, that works. All right. The next question comes to us from uh, Alba. She's a, a pageant contestant up in Michigan. She says, did you ever lose your interest in pageants while you were chasing your career goals of being an attorney? I wouldn't say I lost my interest, but there were some days that I questioned it. And just wondered, like, if I'm competing in, you know, pageants, if I'm, if I still want to do it, and if I know that it's going to take time away from work, what benefit am I getting from it? 
But I think just reflecting on all the lessons that I learned in competing helped me. Um, like when I was first runner up to Miss North Carolina and the Miss America system, um, the last thing that I did was on stage question, you know, and then the judges, you know, they write their ballots out and they pick the, the Miss North Carolina. Um, but I just felt like my on stage question was terrible, just terrible. And that was the last thing the judges saw. And so, you know, after years of, of reflecting on that, I, you know, got a chance to really work on um, on stage question. And it was something that has helped me so much in my life. Like if I'm standing before a judge, the judge is going to ask me a lot of questions, right? And I need to know how to answer them. And I can't be afraid of them. If I'm sitting before one of the senior partners in my firm, they're going to ask me questions about whatever research I've done, whatever, you know, memo or brief I've written. They're going to ask me questions and I need to be able to answer them. And so, you know, pageants have taught me so much and I've benefited from them. And so I decided to continue to compete. All right. Last one comes from Jennifer in Texas. She says, what are you looking forward to most as in your year as Miss USA? Oh, God, there's so many things. I can't place one over the other. But one thing <laughs> that I'm and really, really excited about is just competing at Miss Universe. Because I've watched for years. Like I watched when Pia won. I watched when like the, when Olivia Culpo won. I watched when Kat won. There are so many Miss Universes that I've watched over the years. And I'm just thrilled that I get to be on that stage and I get to wear the Miss USA sash while I'm there. I mean, that's an exciting moment because I've watched so many USA competitors for years compete. Um, and I'm just, I'm just thrilled that this year it gets to be me. Did you know that uh, worldwide that pageant is seen by over 100 million people, which is really second only to the Super Bowl? Oh, are you serious? That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, I mean, in the USA, awesome. it's not 100 million, which is, that's what the Super Bowl is, but mm -hmm. on a worldwide scale, because uh, basically Fox airs it, and then they kick the signal out to all the different countries that it airs in, you know, Philippines, Venezuela, Colombia, you know, the big countries that really get super passionate about this stuff. Um, yeah, there's a ton of watch people watching, so that's uh, pretty cool. You're going you're gonna to be well-known internationally, so thankfully, oh, you've yay. got a whole country well, behind you. Yay, well, I'm thrilled. God, that's a great stat. I'm going to tell my mom that. She's going to put it on a t-shirt or something. My baby was in front of 100 million people. <laughs> <laughs> she totally would, too. I know she would. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. By the, by the way, I am going to have your mom on the podcast. I think it's really – because not yay. only is she your mother, she is a former Mrs. Mm -hmm. North Carolina, so she fits the bill. Yep. For life after the crown. So not only talking about her title, but raising a Miss USA. So I'm looking forward to talking to April about that. Okay, we got a few I'm minutes left. I can't wait. I know you're probably going to hear some stuff you've never heard. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. All right. So we have rapid fire get to know you questions. So it's 10 questions, game show style. These are kind of fast and quick and fun. Um, I made these all up this morning, just kind of based upon your personal experience. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Number one, media personality you were most excited to meet during your media week. Oh, gosh. Gail King. Number two, most surprising thing that has occurred already as Miss USA. Mm, getting verified on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you got the blue check? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Number three, describe your new New York City apartment in one word. Giant. How big are we talking? Like 2,500 square feet, 3,000? Honestly, I don't know the square footage, but I have, there are three bedrooms, three bathrooms, a living room, a sitting room, a dining room, a kitchen, a foyer, and a storage room. A couple of storage rooms. I mean, it's that, giant. <laughs> that could be 2,500. That's nice. Okay, very good. Number four, what were you most nervous about the night of the Miss USA competition? Making top 15. Number five, at what moment did it truly sink in that you are Miss USA? It hasn't. <laughs> Not, not one moment hasn't happened where you're like, wow, I, I really am this. No, no. Even like looking at pictures, even like watching media interviews, like it's like 
because I just feel like the same Tesla, you know? And so it's just weird being Miss USA now. I think I think probably competing at Miss Universe, or maybe when I'm giving up my crown, is when it'll hit me like, oh, I was Miss USA. Weird. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> what was the first thing you ate after competing? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I think the most excited thing, or the thing that I was most excited to eat was insomnia cookies. For sure. <laughs> Oh no, that's right. I had cake because it was like it's my birthday. My birthday was yeah, my yeah yeah because my birthday was April twenty eighth and Paul's birthday was April 29th, and so they had a, a cake for us to eat. That's that right. that was it. Wow, yeah, that's it was right. dessert. Truly, cake perfect. But yeah, I like yeah. the plug for insomnia. They're totally listening. Uh, number yeah. seven. <laughs> will you miss being a full time attorney this year? Mm, yeah, I will. <laughs> You're like, oh, let me think about that. No, maybe. Oh, I wanted to make sure that I was actually being like candid and truthful, but yeah, I will. Because there's, there's just honestly, there's just a certain like sense of pride that comes with, for me at least, that comes with like being able to like dress up in my suit and like go down to the courthouse. And you know, sometimes I still get irritated when people like don't expect that I'm the attorney and they think that like I'm a legal assistant or a paralegal or whatever. Um, but there is a certain sense of pride that comes with like people being like, "Are you the attorney?" Maybe like, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so, yeah, there are there are like times that I will miss it, for sure. I feel sorry for those people because they don't know what's coming. <laughs> Number eight, what's your next big goal that you now want to accomplish since you achieved this one? Good goal. Hmm, that's a really great question, Tim. Uh, becoming Miss Universe. I like that one. That's good. Perfect. I'll help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> Number <Great>. nine. <laughs> Uh, since she's your RPM sis, I just wanted to ask you this. What type of guy should Hannah Brown look for as the bachelorette? Oh, my gosh. She should look for a guy who is honest, trustworthy, and I was going to say a Christian, but I just don't know her personal face. But, I mean, that would be important to me. Well, I told her whoever she brings back to Alabama this year, we're totally going to give him a hard time. So, uh-huh, Yay. Can't Number wait. 10, last one. What is Miss USA's favorite food? Mm, God, I don't like dessert. I just have to put dessert generally because General. I love cookies and brownies and cake and like gummies and Reese's and Twizzlers. I love everything. Just dessert. This is not going to help us get in shape for Miss Universe, Jesse. Come on now. Oh no, of course it. Of course it won't. But you know, <laughs> I've had a few weeks before I really need to kick it into gear. So until then, I'm eating like dessert for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Jesse, Chris's Miss Universe swimsuit body sponsored by Insomnia Cookies. <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> well, hey, I know you. <laughs> it very well could happen. Don't no doubt about it. Well, hey, oh, uh, I know you got uh, more interviews to do today. Thank you so much for taking an hour out of your time to spend with me. And I, I certainly look forward. I'm sure I'll see you here during the summer or in North Carolina, one of the two. So uh, best of luck to you this year. We'll be going to Miss Universe you. with you. And uh, you know I'm always here if you need anything. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for interviewing me. This is a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear it. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody, and what a pleasure to spend some time with our current Miss USA, Chesley Christ. Now, if you want to follow Chesley's Miss USA journey, in addition to obviously following her at Miss USA, you can follow her personal Instagram account, at Chesley Christ. Also, be sure to check out her fashion blog website we talked about, whitecollarglam.com. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, and YouTube or just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram, at Tim Tialdo. Until next time, remember the words of Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have an awesome week, everybody. Have an awesome week, everybody.